You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, South Bay Church. Steve Ricci here. I wanted to uh, take this opportunity to welcome you to our Sunday live stream services. And I uh, want to also take this opportunity to welcome our guests. It's great to have you here with us this morning as well. Uh, normally, we come to you from the Craig Studio Garage, but we had a little incident last week. Fortunately, nobody got hurt. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, you can find it on our Facebook pages. But God was good again. Nobody got hurt in the incident, which is awesome. And uh, with that, we still have the ability to come to you this morning. So I do want to thank Brian and the Craigs for all the work that goes into our uh, Sunday services, our worship team. And I want to thank Brian as well for the message that he uh has done for us over the last couple of weeks, which uh, just kind of different with, well, life with God, but starting out with breaking down some of the different postures that we can take with God. Uh, life under God, over God, from God, for God. And all those are dealing with different ways to kind of force God into what we feel like God should look like or do or be. And uh, in, in a way, a form of manipulation. But Brian went on to expand in that life with God that's ultimately the kind of life that we want. And it, it's a relationship with God himself. And uh, that's ultimately the objective that we all have. Amen. Uh, before I go any further this morning, though, I would like to uh, start us off in a word of prayer. If you could bow your heads with me. Well, Father God, I come before you this morning just uh, grateful for another day uh, to be able to walk with you. Uh, super grateful for all the brothers and sisters that are in attendance with us here today and uh, as well as our friends and family that are visiting with us. Father, I, I pray in a, in a great way that, uh, you know, as we head into 2021, that we can realize that you are a comfort, you are a hope, you are a peace, and you definitely have our best intentions. Uh, it, it, you're in mind wanting to take care of us, um, you know, as a father would. And I, I do want to petition you on behalf of some uh, members of our community here within the church. Uh, for Craig Brown, Father, who's been in the hospital since uh, mid-December with COVID, God, that you would continue to move him on the road to recovery. Uh, for Eddie Anderson, who is at home now, God, you'll give him a full recovery in a, in a speedy way. Uh, for the family of Renato uh, Munoz, who passed away here, uh, I believe it's almost two weeks ago now, uh, that you can just be there to comfort them. And it was just great hearing uh, just the impact that he was having with his life behind the scenes. For uh, Sergio Aguayo, who uh, has been in and out of the hospital on a couple of occasions with COVID here, trying to uh, get to a point of recovery, Father, please heal him, comfort his wife and his children during this time. And also for the Steberg family, for Mia Steberg in particular, just watch over them, help Mia continue uh, to move, make the kind of progress that she's been making in a positive way. For our sister churches in Mexico, Central America, the Middle East and the Nordics, that you can be with them. and. Father, for our first responders, like Calvin, Dr. Calvin Johnson uh, at Cedar Sinai, my uh, daughter-in-law, who's an RN down in Orange County, uh, working with COVID patients, so that you can be with them. For Paul Rodriguez, Father, uh, just be with him and his family during these times. And uh, just pray that you will put, put a protective hedge around our, our family. You're faithful. I uh, also pray uh, for the transition that we just went through uh, with our government, God, that we know that you're ultimately in control and it's uh, very easy to get caught up in some of the challenges and chaos that are there, but I, I think for each of us as Christians, and even for those of us that 
maybe aren't quite sure where we are when it comes to relationship with you, that we can truly believe that, God, you are in control, and this is not our home. Our home waits for us in heaven, and we're so grateful for Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for each and every one of us so that our sins can be forgiven and we can enter into your family. Father, I love you, and I thank you for this time together. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're, what, into week four now of January of the new year. And I hope that you're feeling full faith, that you're hopeful, and uh, as we head into the new year. Now, I did come across something that was, uh, I felt rather humorous back on the 7th of the month, seven days into 2021. And um, you can see it here on the screen. It reads, I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've experienced the seven-day free trial, and I am not interested. Um, I, I just found that pretty humorous. And uh, with that, though, I think as we started the new year, uh, there's something uh, along the lines of weariness and discouragement that can sap our physical and emotional and spiritual life. But the thing that I so appreciate about God, and even some of the lessons we've had over the last few weeks, that really understanding that renewal is within our reach because God is always at work. Again, renewal is within our reach because God is always at work. Now, Isaiah 42, verse 8, it reads, I am the Lord, and that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare, before they spring into being, I announce them to you. You know, we, we look at, uh, I'll be careful with my adjectives here, some of the junk and the troubles that we went through in 2020, those are behind us. But I think, you know, as we head into 2021, it's obvious that we're going to have new challenges ahead of us. And with that, let's cling to the scripture that we see here in Isaiah 42, and that just being reminded to embed this on our hearts and in our mind. God, our Father, has declared new things for each and every one of us. And today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at all the ways that God brings newness into our lives every day. And this is uh, where I'm going to, be, uh, going to be talking about here this morning, about new, the idea of new. You know, it's, uh, I had the opportunity to work in advertising for a while, and also the auto industry, as many of you know. And uh, new is something that's great. New sounds amazing. And I want you to think about this for a moment. When you hear new, what are some of the things that come to mind? Now, again, just take a moment. When you hear new, what are some of the things that come to mind? Um, I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's uh, what I spent a number of years doing. But new cars. Uh, as a managing an auto dealership, you know, you get about three quarters of the way through the year, and you know, you get the auto shows, and things start trickling out on the new models, and. You know, anybody that calls your store is not interested in what you have in your current inventory. It's all about what's new, what's next, what's exciting. Maybe for you it's clothes or a house. Uh, you know, for those uh, nerds out there, myself included, maybe it's a new Star Wars series. And, you know, Disney has shown us we got a bunch of new stuff coming down the pike there. There's a whole bunch of new Marvel stuff coming. Um, maybe it's new Neighbors. Or in our case, maybe it's a new Marici. You know, we have... Uh, Little James Marici that's on the way. He's, uh, we're about a month out now. But you know, I think when we think of the word new, that's why advertisers of products that we consume constantly go to new in the advertising or new and improved. Ultimately, is to get our attention. You know, as they describe whatever the product is. Um, I know we've got some techie geeks here in the mix and, uh, 
Some of you, you know, October has been a huge month, and that's usually when Apple comes out with their new product line. And we, we can't wait. We may have just got a new phone last year, but, hey, the new one's better. And uh, or at least that's what they would like us to think. Um, I think it's really understanding that new sounds like potential and opportunity. And, uh, you know, with that, unless I think about it too much, then it sounds like change and the unknown. We all can respond differently to that. But as this year has begun, I've promised myself that instead of fearing the unknown in these new, different, and challenging times, I choose to hope in the known. Again, I will choose to hope in the known. So what is known about new? Well, what I do know to be true is that I can securely place my hope in God. I know this, that God is the author of new, and since he authors every good and perfect thing, I can trust that this new year, his new year, will bring good with it. You know, I think this is something that I want us to keep in mind as we move forward. And I think a lot of times in the world, or just in general, we can put an awful lot of hope in a new year. I mean, resolutions, all these different things, and this wanting of change. But really understanding that our hope is not in the new year, but our hope is in the one who makes all things new. You know, in James 1, verse 17, uh, if you're uh, looking along, uh, scroll through, click through, or flip those pages. But in James 1, verse 17, it reads, Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He's always the same, and he never makes dark shadows by changing. He wanted us to be his own special people. And so he sent the true message to give us new birth. You know, really understanding that new is one of God's promises to us. And I stumbled across a link, which we'll, we'll include in the, uh, the chat this morning for you. And you can click on and take a look at it later on. But it's from a professor out of Pepperdine. And it's entitled Promise and Fulfillment, Believing the Promises of God. It's written by Victor Knowles. And, I, you know, I took the opportunity to read through it, and it was so incredibly encouraging seeing all the ways God works in our life based on promises that he's made us. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Herbert Lockyer in his volume, All the Promises of the Bible, who tells the story of Everett R. Stones, uh, a school teacher in Canada, and this individual made a detailed study of God's promises. Now, during his 27th reading of the Bible, this is a task which took him about a year and a half, Storms came up with a grand total of 8,810 promises, which in and of itself sounds amazing. But out of those 8,810, 7,487 of them were promises that were made by God to us, to humankind. And, you know, while it may be a little challenging to determine the exact number of promises contained in Scripture, I think one of the things that we can agree with is what King Solomon said during his temple dedication prayer concerning the validity of the promises of God. 1 Kings 8, verse 56 reads, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, just as he had promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. You know, as disciples, as Christians, as believers, and the author of New, Revelations 21, 5 tells us that our hope ultimately rests in the promise that Christ will come back for each and every one of us one day, and he'll make all things new. Now, what some of you may be thinking is, well, okay, that's all 
great and wonderful, Steve, but what about right here, right now? What can I hang my hope on today, tomorrow, and each and every other day of this new year? Now, fortunately, Scripture is full of stories that show us how God makes things new. And God makes things new for His glory and for the good of His people. So I want us to take a look at a couple of characteristics of God as we look at these promises, and we'll start with a few of those. And as we look at those, the hope that they bring. One of the first ones I want to look at is the fact that God restores. He restores. I love God most for his ability to restore, restoration. You know, some of you redo furniture, and there's different things that we may purchase and rebuild and clean up, and some people make businesses out of just restoration. But when it comes to God, he restores us to a right relationship with him through the gift of forgiveness and justification. He's able to restore earthly relationships. And this is something I stumbled on that I never really gave much thought to before, or really even seen, is that not only can he restore earthly relationships, but he can even restore days and years that have been lost to the effects of sin. In Joel 2, verse 25, I'll give you a second if you're reading along with me here. In Joel 2, verse 25, it reads, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. You know, that has to be the greatest evidence of this extravagant nature of God's mercy. Not only does he renew a life and redeem its future, but he also redeems its past. You know, in Scripture, we see God's power of restoration countless times. When Jacob was finally reunited with his son Joseph, he described the, the grief-filled days of his life as fuel and evil. But in the last day, through God's mercy, Jacob was able to look back on his life and see that God had been his shepherd all along. And that he had been redeemed from the evil that had once marked his life. In Genesis 48, verse 15. Then he blessed Joseph and he said, May the God who my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. And we know that's exactly what took place. I mean, it's amazing how God's covenant with Abraham is the very reason that we're here today, that there would be all these nations that would be blessed through that lineage. And again, in the story of Ruth, we see God take a, a family whose name literally faced extinction, and not only restored them to secure future, but knit them into this amazing story of redemption by placing them in Jesus' family lineage. You know, in the, the New Testament, we see Jesus leave, live out a, a ministry of restoration over and over and over again. He restores new eyes to the blind, new legs and the ability to walk to the crippled, new ears with the ability to hear for the deaf, and new skin to be to those that were diseased. And I, I do want to take a closer look at one of those passages. If you'll turn me with me to Luke 5, verse 12. Luke 5, verse 12. says, While Jesus was within one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground, and he begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, 
be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 17, it says, One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Verse 18 says, Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Now, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed who had been, who was there and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. And I, I love this about these accounts. We have the opportunity to get a view into what was going on during Jesus' ministry. And Jesus didn't just heal a condition. He restored life, security, and hope to broken people. He gave them something new and improved. And I want you to think about this for a minute here. What has God restored to you? What has God restored to you? Time, relationships, health, peace of mind. What are you hoping for in Christ this year in 2021? What are you hoping that he'll restore? What I want to do right now is I want us to take a moment, actually two, and share one or two things that you are hoping will be restored in Christ. So if you're home in a family situation, incorporate the family. Just share a few of those thoughts. If you're home alone, maybe share it out loud or just think through. But I want us to really, again, take a couple minutes, and I'm going to put this up on the screen. But what has God restored to you? And what are you hoping to be restored by Christ in 2021? So again, whether you find yourselves in a household, family, whatever the situation is as you're watching this morning, take these two minutes and reflect on the two questions that are on the screen. Let's go ahead and do that together.
There we go. Two minutes. I know when you throw it out there, it uh, seems a lot shorter than it actually is when you're, than when you're waiting for it to actually uh, tick down. Hey, but if you uh, feel free within the chat, if there's something you would like to share about us as to uh, something you're grateful, grateful for and how God's had an impact in your life through restoration, whatever it may be, please feel free to do so. The next thing that God does for us, not only does he restore, but he also gives us a new identity. And you know, I think thinking back through this, I think most of us know that names carried a lot of significance in scripture. Throughout the Bible, people are introduced to us by a name and then by the name, the uh, actual meaning of the name. Eve was the mother of all the living. Isaac's name meant laughter. Samuel was asked of God. So we can see here when God gave someone a new name, it was always a sign of renewed purpose in a redeemed life. God changed Abram's name to Abraham to signify his promise and to make him the father of many. He changed the names of Hosea's children, which I don't understand what was going into their thought process with the uh, original names they came up with, but Hosea's children were named No Mercy and Not My People, from that to My Loved One and My People, to symbolize his love for Israel and his plan to redeem her from idolatry. Simon became Peter, and Saul became Paul when they became Jesus' disciples. This is a gentleman I'm studying the Bible with right now that I thought had a great question, and this really gives us some insight into God, and that's how could God use Saul, this guy who was super prideful, super religious, didn't acknowledge Jesus as being the Messiah, and actually having oversight of killing Christians, from that, from Saul, we have Paul. I mean, from something he knew to something brand new, which was this redemption that came through Jesus Christ. Now, while we may not actually receive new names uh, when we become Christ followers, we certainly receive new identities. My name's Stephen, happens to be a, a great reminder of this to me on a couple of fronts. In the Gaelic name, it actually means pure. Now, the irony is that my sins make me anything but pure. Uh, Stephen also means crown, which is kind of cool because we're promised this crown from God. But because of Christ's sacrifice, I'm washed white like snow. I'm, I become pure and clean because of Jesus before God. I get to wake up and put on Christ's righteousness every day as if it was my own. So as I look at the year ahead, I can trust and embrace my identity in Christ. I know that no matter how I fail, because I'm going to, God's mercies are new every morning. He has made me worthy of my name, and he's called me his in Christ. So if you're in Christ, you've been given a new name and a new identity. Now, with that, I think we've got to ask ourselves, are you living according to your new name with renewed purpose and redemption? And with that, we, we're going to transition to our, our, the final thing I wanted to look at today, which is God gives us a new life. He gives us new life. Now, God makes dead things alive again. Literally, he has the power over death and ever since. And he demonstrated that to us when he raised Jesus from the grave. Scripture says that as believers, we have the same power dwelling in us. It's what gives new life to our dead souls. Romans 8 verse 11, it says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. Now, I've got a couple of photos here that are kind of interesting. You know, we have these uh, fig leaf trees in our living room. Um, well, actually, you can kind of see them behind me here, but the pictures in the, uh, on the screen here will be a lot clearer. 
And um, it's kind of typical of 2020. Uh, they were watered too much, or they weren't watered enough. We ended up with this uh, fungus infestation, which led to these parasites that were living on that, that the larva morphed into all these little black bugs we have flying around all over the house. And uh, ultimately, it went from the photo that you can see there, totally looking awesome, to just that little stick. And uh, I love this about Jackie, man. She's not giving up. She is claiming that she's going to nurse that thing back to life if it's the last thing she does. We'll kind of keep you posted on how that goes. But, you know, God's got the ability to do just that. I know for me, as we move into uh, 2021, and I don't know, maybe it's COVID weariness or maybe it's just me, but it seems at times I can get more easily discouraged lately. Um, I think about all the times that I've failed and I've given into my anger. You know, about the uh, anger when it comes to the state of the country, the distribution of our vaccines, the wind and the damage to my tomatoes and my avocado tree. And then looking at Brian's situation, the, the garage and the equipment uh, that was damaged. Uh, you know, I really appreciate Brian and Marshall. They did a great job of navigating that emotionally. Uh, I, their video was very telling based on the way they conducted themselves. I appreciate their character. But, you know, I, I've had... A major fishing trip that was canceled last year. Guy's boat had electrical problems. And then this past week, I was supposed to go fishing on Tuesday. And deep sea fishing off of Catalina, we had the winds. And there was a wind advisory and a you know high wave advisory, which is probably a good thing. And it was only a 23-foot boat we were going out in. But I was looking forward to that. I, last year, I was looking forward to going to see the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And that was canceled. Everything, everything just seems to be getting canceled. I mean, the canceled culture is transition to other areas of cancellation in our lives. So I think in my flesh, in my own strengths, I can find the idea of fighting this battle called life, frankly, discouraging, overwhelming. And uh, I just, you know, don't want to engage. But this truth that we have in Romans 8 verse 11 has been super helpful for me, even as I was preparing this, and that I have the same power that raised Christ from the grave dwelling in me. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. If I lay down my weak, flawed existence every day as I draw on Jesus' strengths, and I allow my heart and mind to be renewed by God's word as I walk with Jesus, thank you, Brian, I can trust that God will make alive in me new life and new grace and new mercy and new hope and new peace. And you fill in the uh, the describer there. I mean, you can just, you know, there's so many different things that I can rely on God for. And I think with that, as we saw in Romans 8, let's put our trust in God's power and promise to make dead things new and alive again. So rather than seeing the start of another year as this daunting task to be met uh, or this unknown to be feared, my prayer is that I can trust that we can trust and God's sovereignty over all things new. 2021 will bring new blessings, new victories, and I'm sure right along with that, some new challenges. But in Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14, and this is about the, the Israelites who had gotten off the trail and haven't been listening and following the direction that God had established for them. So we see God telling his people here, the Israelites, and I believe that promise of deliverance for them, it was from captivity. From us, it's from darkness into the light. God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. 
You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You know, as disciples, we are all recipients of that hope and future. And God's plan for each and every one of us was completed. It, it culminated at the cross with the death, burial, and then the resurrection, that renewal of Jesus Christ because he was sinless. So this morning, again, please remember, our hope is not in the new year, but it's in the one who makes all things new. And there is no greater hope than that. God bless. I, I pray that uh, we can just continue to look to God's scriptures for encouragement, no matter what it is that we're faced with, and to God be the glory. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray for communion. Father, uh, thank you for the promises of life, renewal, restoration, uh, but most importantly, your love that we see demonstrated time and time and time again through your scriptures. Uh, as we focus right now on Jesus Christ and what Jesus was willing to do, what uh, you were, who you were willing to send us so that we would have the opportunity to have a relationship with you, we're grateful this morning. We're grateful for the gift that comes through the blood of Christ. And Father, as we, we take the bread and the fruit of the vine this morning, pray that we can reflect on that for a moment. And with that, that we can really understand what a merciful and loving God that you are. And we can hold on to that. We can wake up to that each and every morning. Father, I love you and I thank you for this time. Please watch over our church. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.